Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profiteers, anybody out there uh, sourcing property for profit, this is the podcast for you. Uh, And I've had a really good week. I've had a really, really good week. (laughs) Might be a bit contrarian, uh, bearing in mind, you know, anyone who watches the news or talks to other landlords or fed up with being in lockdown, amen to that, right? But I've had a really good week. Why have I had a good week? Because I've been speaking to new friends, new people, people I haven't met before who are starting their property business journey. They're putting themselves out there um, trying to build a new property business. I'm so excited always when that happens. And um, why do I feel good about that? Because they've had their first... Um, hurdles. They've come up against their first hurdles that they need to get over, that make a difference to their lives. You know, how are they going to move into property and be uh, great deal sources, deal packages? Because I, you know, no one will shake me in my belief that that is the best way to start your property business, being a deal source, a deal packager, because we have to know so much and we have to learn it quick right and the keys the keys to the safe guys the keys to the treasure trove are definitely in deal packaging because look at the key skills that we have you know either you've got to find investors that want to buy i.e the money you've got to find the money team show me the money got to have the money right or and, and forgive me not or and you've got to get really good at finding discounted property deals. And uh, I promise you, property sourcing profiteers out there, if you develop the skills to finding discounted property de- deals on a regular basis, then you will achieve whatever you want to achieve in property because that skill on its own is monetizable over and over and over again. So, cool. So, what have my friends been bumping into? Well, They've had a really, really good week. I'm going to start off by talking about uh, one of my own ventures. I've been working, uh, I've just been experimenting. I'm going to re- report back to you. Don't worry. I'm going to, re- I've just been experimenting with, you know, how, how we package, how we source, how we do things, um, just trying new things uh, that I haven't tried before or maybe haven't tried for a long time, see how relevant they are. 2021, uh, what it's telling me is they're very, very relevant. And um, I'm working with one or two or three different individuals that I've not worked with before, one of whom has never packaged a deal before, but he's a significant property investor, property landlord. Okay. And um, I was speaking to him. We actually concluded our very first deal together, right? Uh, And we got paid. It was a very modest fee. Uh, £3,000 was the fee. So I sent him, by the time we sorted all the paperwork out, I sent him 1,500 quid and he rang me and he was, you know, 1,500 pounds is not going to change this man's life. It's not. But he was absolutely chuffed with it. Go on, why? Tell me why you're chuffed with 1,500 quid. Bearing in mind, you know, you've got a significant portfolio. He said, well, the pennies dropped, Dave. The pennies dropped. I now understand what it is that you've been banging on about for almost as long as I've known you, right? Because you sent me 1,500 quid. And here's the truth, right? How much work went into that? I mean, it's taken four weeks, start to finish, since we had our first conversation. That's how long it took to generate that money. And for me, i.e. for him, 
Uh, it took about three hours' work. That was all it took, um, which the hourly rate's quite good, right? And 1,500 quid. So this was a contrast he put on it, which I hadn't thought of before and I thought was quite interesting, so I'm going to pass it on to you. What he says was in his buy-to-let portfolio, his single-let buy-to-let portfolio, in one of his single-let buy-to-lets, £1,500 might be the net return on an annual basis from one of his properties. So if he's had voids during the year, if he's had problem tenants during the year, if he had significant repairs during the year on that property as a buy-to-let single-let investor, you've just got to suck it up and and absorb those costs. And it might well be that at the end of the year when... uh, this is the time of year we're all putting in our accounts, right? So when you check through property by property exactly how you've done, you might have single let by to let investments in your portfolio where you haven't earned £1,500 and it's taken a year and it's taken the investment in that property, uh, setting it all up at the beginning, 25% deposit, mortgage, uh, furnishing, doing a refurb, dam, holes in the roof, whatever, right? New kitchen, new bathroom. You spent put a significant amount of money in, right? And at the end of the year, net, 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 after all costs before tax, you might not have produced 1,500 quid. He said, you've sent me 15 quid, 100 pound in four weeks for three hours work. You got my attention, David. You got my attention. Let's do some more. How do we do some more? So we're going to do some more. I'm going to share that with you. And and I thought I thought that was very interesting as well. So new friends to the industry. What have been their trials, tribulations, triumphs, and disasters over the first week? So the very first one, the first one was um, I'm not going to name anyone, but you know, she's a really smart young woman but has no property background and probably not commercial background so she's she's been employed she's been employed um she's a creature of the machine that she worked with she's very professional but very corporate okay hasn't had to do any sales marketing any of that stuff right so it's all new to her right so where do you start where do you start what do you say when you speak to people, Dave? You know, I can ring I can ring estate agents. I can. I can ring landlords who are advertising on Gumtree, Open Rent, whatever, right? I can ring them up. But what do I say? How do I say it? I thought it was very interesting. So I went through the process with her. She's got the scripts. She's got the words of what to say. But where her mental block, we'll say temporary mental block, was was how do you say it? Okay, pause. Here's the truth, guys. We've all been there. We've all been there, right? And you mustn't, you mustn't, when you're just starting out, think you have to be an expert to talk to people because you've all been talking to people all your lives, right? Now, the conversations we have with, let's say, an estate agent, right, are focused. They're focused on property. But the skills remain the same. And um, it's just a question of getting used to having those sort of business conversations. I think it's really, really important. So the more you do it, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. The more you do it, and don't think about it too much. You know, you've got your script, you've practiced your script, you know what you're asking for, you know what you're looking at. Uh, if you crash and burn in the early conversation, don't worry, right? Um, just keep going because you will 
And, and I think it's important to do it subconsciously as well as consciously, right? We don't want to be, we don't want to sound too scripted. So you will know if your first couple of phone conversation didn't go well, that you've got to change what you say, or you've got to change how you say it, right? Here's the truth. By the time you've done 30, 40, 50 of those phone calls, you're going to be pretty good at it. You are. And subconsciously, you know where the pinch points are in the conversation, and you will have massaged your way past them, or set up the conversation so that you don't actually hit that roadblock and you go a different route. Um, it's not something that's pre-planned. It's something, in my experience, that your mind tells you even while while you're speaking, right? So even while I'm speaking into the microphone here, you know, I'm thinking about the next little story that from this week that I'm going to share with you and how I'm going to segue into it. So your mind is a remarkable thing. Okay, because it's going to get me. I know it's going to get me there. But as I'm speaking to you now about talking to estate agents for the first time, I've no idea how I'm going to segue that gap, right? But you and I know it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, it, it, we we come to a stuttering halt in front of an estate agent. We just thank them for the, their kind conversation and say we'll ring them back another time. If I come to a stuttering halt in re recording this podcast and this is something I try not to do I very rarely do it now even if I come to a stuttering halt I sort of leave it in there because what happens is and is there's a direct parallel here we're talking to estate agents investors landlords whatever it doesn't matter if they hear your mistakes I don't mind property sourcing profiteers if you hear me make a, a mistake in broadcasting this to you because you know that, you know, I'm doing my best and I'm trying to convey uh, great content and I'm trying to give you hints and tips that will move you forward. So whatever I say comes from a, a really good place. And if you suddenly hear a pause, there's no need to think, oh, my word, where's David gone? He's frozen. He's Because that's not how it rolls, right? And, uh, you know, a little bit of brain freeze between friends. What is it? So don't worry too much. So Talking to investors, stroke estate agents, stroke vendors, letting agents for the very first time, okay? You've got to have an idea of what you're going to say. That is your script. If you're working with me, we give you the scripts. You've got to learn and internalize your script because it's my script when I give it to you. You've got to make it yours. So you have to convey what's in the script in your own words, in your own style. And it's a little bit like trying to learn how to ride a bicycle if you've never ridden a bicycle before. It's been quite a long time since I've been on a bicycle. <laughs> um, we've got to get the stabilizers off, team. No, don't start with stabilizers. Let's just throw you out there with two wheels, see how you get on. And the more and more you ride the bike, the better you're going to get riding the bike. By the end of the week, if you ride a bike every day, you're going to be riding that bike. You are. So it's exactly the same with the script. So don't turn this into something that it's not. And to be fair to my friend, she got it. She got it. She got it. And her spirit rose and her courage rose and she pushed herself forward and she's feeling a whole lot better about it. And do you know what? Estate agents, for instance, you know, they're human beings too. They want to have a conversation too. They have a lot of conversations during the day that they don't enjoy and they, you know, they have no respect 
for the person they're talking to, right? But because you've got the right script and you're coming from the right place and you're trying to serve each other and, you know, everyone's got to do business and earn money out of here. So long as that's where you are and who you are, they're going to talk to you and enjoy the process as well. So you just do it, I think, somebody once said. Very, very wise. Okay, let's move on to something else uh, that I heard this uh, week. Okay, so how do you speak to estate agents when you know they're not going to accept the offer? Because my my premise, my teaching is that you should make an offer for everything. You should make an offer. Just make an offer. Because you're not going to get offers accepted if you don't make offers. And you want to practice making offers. So even if you think then you're not going to stand a chance with your offer, make an offer. How do you know when you're not going to stand a chance? So again, another really bright young person I'm working with, uh, she found a property that was for sale. Uh, is it a deal, David? Is it a deal? No, it's probably not a deal, right, in the, in the circumstances. And what were the circumstances? Okay, so uh, it was quite a modern 1990s house. It was in very good condition. Uh, I wouldn't say immaculate because it's been lived in, right, but uh, as a family home. But to be honest, there was no work to be done on this house. It was a two-bed 1990s house with a nice, neat garden in a nice, neat garden-style estate of similar houses with the cars parked on the drive. You're getting the picture, okay? Um, Market value for that property, we were pretty sure was about 145, okay? At 145, in order to serve the investor, we need to pick that up about 110, 115, okay? But the estate agent was offering one, wanted it for 163, was offering it for sale for 163. See, I stumbled there. I'm just going to leave that in, okay? I'm not going to, yeah, not going to worry about that. You knew what I meant. So we've got an estate agent who's in the mindset where they're trying to get 163. We know, because we've done our DD, the house is worth 145, but we want to get it for 110. There are several gaps here, right? So we've come to the conclusion pretty early in the process without speaking to the estate agent that we're not going to get it for 110. Okay, so how do you offer 110 to to an agent who wants 163 for a 145 house without losing face and seeming unprofessional? And we had a conversation about it, my, my young friend and I, and she nailed it. She just nailed it. So I'm going to convey the gist of what she said, because I was just so impressed, right? Um, so first of all, 163 to 145, okay? Why are we saying it's 145? Because the evidence is there. You've only got to look at sold comparables in the area for very similar houses, sold asking prices, recent asking prices. There was no reason why this particular property should run at a premium of uh, what 18 grand 163 less 145 over a very similar house that sold around the corner this year right there's there's just no reason okay so we established it quite early that we knew it was worth 145 and in the conversation the estate agent without defending their position at all acknowledged what what my friend was saying right so yeah 145 you know we get it we understand that Okay, so how are we going to make an offer of 110 without getting ridiculed and thrown out and, you know, embarrassed at that process? So 
it's very simple. This is what we did, right? So the house property is worth 145. And what we're looking for, Mr. Estate Agent, we're looking for properties like that for, for our investors. But we are trade buyers. What? We're not retail. We're not going to live in the house. We're not looking for a family home. So what I need is I need to find um, a financial advantage for my investor to buy that property. Uh, we need a discount against the market value. I make it absolutely clear because, you know, I want to talk to you again about other properties and um, I want you to know that I'm always going to need a discount against the market value. So to satisfy my investor, right, I need a discount from 145. Uh, the other thing is, given the market rents in the area, even at 145, you know, the rental yield, the gross yield, on that um, property is around five and a half percent. So at five and a half percent, the property may not even cover the cost of ownership. It might not, you know, you've got to get a mortgage, you might have to do some running repairs, we might get a void, etc. etc. Your letting fees, Mr. Estate Agent, because we hope you're gonna let it for us, ob obvi, right? Um, you know, it, 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 it's just not gonna work at 145. So, uh, you know, for me and my investor to be happy with our purchase, we're going to need properties like that uh, around 110 to 115. Might at a pinch be able to go to 115, but I really need it at 110 to make the numbers work for me. So I want you to know that, that I'm not putting in an offer on this property at those numbers. But if I were, if I had to put in an offer, right, 110, 115 at a pinch, is as high as I could possibly go. So that is the offer that's not an offer, offer, right? That is a strategy. It's a form of words that you can use, you know, if you're a little bit embarrassed about making the offer that you think the other side, there's no way uh, they're going to accept it. And they don't need to accept it because of the state of the market, okay? So you, you put a barrier between the offer and yourself by saying you're not making an offer, Right, but if I was to make an offer, the offer that we would need to get that property out and make it work for us, one ten, maybe one. You might be able to squeeze my, you know, twist my arm, Mr. Estate Agent. Might be able to go one one five, one one five. That's as far as I can go. So you know, that's the sort of property I need. Pause. So um, it turns out that the estate agent was rather astonished at a one one five offer for that particular house because. That style house, that particular house in that development, in that area, you know, there, there are no numbers re in recent years to support a sale at 110 to 115, okay? But they kind of enjoyed the process or that the my, my deal packaging friend went through in the conversation, i.e. she knew her numbers, right? She knew what she needed, she was never once said that this was the deal that she was going to get those numbers from, but she's positioning herself as someone who's respectful and professional in the market. And I think that's absolutely key. So I hope that helps. It's just a few musings on what's gone on this week. Uh, what's gone on in your property world this week? Make sure you're getting out there 
doing viewings virtual if you have to do it that way i get it we're all locked down uh but make offers make offers make conditional offers if you haven't seen the house make subject to offers right subject to satisfactory viewings right uh but but don't don't just sit back wait for time to pass get rusty you know um our skills our mental skills our skills through which we express ourselves as property sources you can get a bit ring rusty if you're not using them so it's really important you know just take an hour even if you don't think it's going to happen for you today take an hour get on the phone talk to people out there talk to landlords talk to vendors talk to estate agents if you do that you'll uh, sharpen your skills again so you keep on top of your game if you're on top of your game you're going to sell all of them it's going to be great thank you for listening i am david siegler see you on the next episode